what happens is that you know with um, with the with mortgage companies, they're going. You have three credit bureaus: Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. Okay. Right. Now, mm -hmm. of those three credit bureaus, uh, they're going to pick your median credit score. Um, mm -hmm. So not your top score, not your bottom score, but the score that's left in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, that is what your qualifying credit score is, um, you know, is going to be. Um, so and then they pretty much will um, uh, look at a certain type of a credit score, which is a mortgage version of the credit score, um, you know, uh, as well. And uh, those scores kind of like vary from place to place. Welcome to the Selling Sandoval podcast, where we dive deep into the world of real estate in sunny California. I'm your host, Victoria Sandoval, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as I sit down with top-notch professionals, market analysts, and influential leaders who have mastered the art of closing deals. Together, we'll explore the ever-evolving market trends, debunk myths, and empower you with the tools to negotiate like a pro. So whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent seeking inspiration, this podcast is your key to unlocking real estate success in California. This is the the Selling Sandoval podcast. I'm Victoria Sandoval, and I'm excited to embark on this journey with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Selling Sandoval. I have a very special guest today to talk about something we're all interested in, credit, right? So uh, my guest today, his name is Ali Zane. He's the founder of IMAX Credit. Uh, he is also a credit restoration coach. He's been licensed. He's a he's licensed LDA in California, uh, Superior superior court and has helped hundreds of clients he's used to also run a mortgage company did i say all that right yes exactly <laughs> amazing just, yeah so you've done a lot and you've been in the business for quite some time uh how long have you been working on uh credit counseling or credit uh, coaching? yeah like you know 20 odd years or so since 2004 or actually even prior to that in a informal sense but okay. it's uh been since 2004 till till now knock on wood wow awesome and yeah you've helped hundreds and hundreds of of people um and you've helped them be able to buy a house and basically uh get their improve their credit score so what made you what got you into this business yeah so it's a very funny story uh i used to work in auto finance and uh had a decent job which was paying a lot but it just didn't like i just my soul just didn't feel fulfilled and, mm. um, you know, my uncle at the time, I, you know, kind of like borrowed him some money to start up a mortgage company. So he, oh. you know, about six months in, I basically quit my job and like, hey, you know, let's figure out something for me to do in this industry. And, okay. uh, you know, I remember we had a, and it was just this random thing that I just quit my job. I was so sick of it. So mm. I remember sitting in his office and he's like, listen, you know, we get a lot of customers that don't know how to, that have bad credit. And he, at, at that time for him, you know, he just didn't have anybody to help them, their clients with that aspect of things, because, mm -hmm. you know, he'd use some credit repair companies in the past. He was just not impressed. So he's right. like, listen, I'll make your deal. If you could fix that credit, only if you could fix that credit, I'll make sure you mm -hmm. get paid afterwards. So, you know, mm -hmm. so I had to figure out not only, how to fix credit, how to, how to learn credit repair. But, you know, my income became intrinsically tied to results, which was a very yeah, different model great. in the credit repair industry. So right. in that sense, right, a lot of people prior to that kind of like just did generic credit repair where they'd say, hey, we charge you X, Y, Z for just doing this. Whereas my model, the way I was incentivized is I had to figure out solutions that worked. Um, mm. and, um, 
anyways, so what ended up happening afterwards is that I ended up running his mortgage company on the side as well, too. He ended up going out of business in 2010 where the mortgage mess happened. And then, you know, our credit business, credit repair business type, you know, kind of like took a life of its own uh, after right. 2010, because prior to that, you know, I was just dealing with that mortgage company. And then I got out of the mortgage business and then, you know, uh, and I remember, I think in 2013 or 14, we connected as well through, through ABLE. Um, yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's been you helped me long. with my credit. Yeah. 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 That was, so, that was great. And you, and it, it was quick. It was a lot faster than I thought. I mean, I was in like the, I don't want to disclose, but it wasn't yeah. perfect credit, but uh, you got me up to the 700s uh, in a matter of months and yeah, you're, it's result driven. And so that, that really impressed me uh, because you have these other companies. I don't want to mention their names because I don't want to get in trouble, but um, you, you know, they have like this monthly service fee. Yeah. And so it's like, it's to their best interest to not get results right away right so they, they want to prolong the process right yeah. so in this in this episode I want to talk about like the credit score requirements to get approved for a home loan because everybody wants to know and I know there's like different types of credit for different yeah. types of uh, loans right um, yeah. and so let's talk about if you're even if you're not looking to purchase a home right away uh, what you like what target scores you might need when you are ready to buy, or if you are looking to buy now, what, what are the target scores needed? Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and how we can get there. So I guess my first question is like, what are some of the, the common misconceptions uh, about like credit requirements, you know, basically in this field? Yeah, exactly. Right. So what if I told you that a person that comes to you, who's got okay credit has a higher chance of getting approved for a home loan than they have a credit card. Wow. Wow. Right. I would. So, mm -hmm. so I have people who've been able to get approved for home loans and they come back and say, Hey, I was approved for, for a home loan, but I couldn't get a credit card. Well, that's very normal because you know, with, when you look at home loans, they're collateralized. Auto loans are collateralized. Credit cards are not collateralized. So for instance, mm -hmm. If you're to lend me money uh, in the form of a credit card, guess what? You can't take anything back aside from the plastic. But if you right. if you lend me money based on my home that you that that I've purchased, obviously that home could be taken back. Or if you do the same thing with a car, so there for the lender, there's a lot of security um, when they uh, uh, when they lend on a home, and then also there's government backing as well too. So when people think that oh, I need to have perfect credit to get a home loan. No, 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 it's not. And then people mm -hmm. are surprised that, hey, I didn't get a you know stingy $300 credit card and I have a $400,000 house. So that happens very, you know, uh, it's a very common occurrence for people to have that misconception, um, mm -hmm. you know, about credit. So the good news is that you don't need to have a credit to get approved for a home loan. You need a credit to get approved for one of those reward cards. Although you right. can get like a crappier credit card with high interest rates you know, with uh, not the best credit, but for uh, a first time home buyer, you could get a pretty decent home loan with low down payment with, um, you know, I would say even like a below average credit score, like a C credit score would get you uh, a home loan, uh, which is the FHA loan, which is the federal housing authority back loan um, right. and, and so forth. So, uh, so that's, you know, so that's one of the misconceptions that people have is that my credit needs to basically be 
you know, uh, on a, you know, what on a rocket going to Sioux Falls, North, North Dakota. No, it just doesn't. Uh, it, it could be, uh, it doesn't need to have, you know, uh, it doesn't need to be totally perfect um, and whatnot. Okay, perfect. So the, the reason why it's easier to get a credit card versus home loan is because there's no, I'm sorry, it's easier to get a home loan versus a credit card is because the, the collateral is what you're saying. And then um, yeah. you said that in order to be able to buy a house, your credit doesn't have to be so, so perfect. You said C credit. What's the, uh, what's C credit say, range? Yeah. So, so basically like a credit would be 750 B credit okay. would be 700 uh, B plus would be 680 C B would be, I'd say probably about 600 or less. Right. Okay. Mm. And, um, and does go for it. Sorry, it does the same apply to luxury homes and investment properties? Yeah, so for the as... criteria, yeah, so for the criteria, if you're good, so the FHA program basically applies more to medium sized homes. Uh, okay. You know, so there you could have B credit, even C, and get a somewhat decent loan uh, on, you know, very average terms and such. And actually, terms that you'd be somewhat happy with. Uh, but with investment homes and what they call jumbo, Loans, quote unquote, one needs to have a a plus credit right somewhere in in the seven hundreds. Okay, and then what about somebody that has unpaid collections? Um, are they still are they still able to have a decent credit score? I had heard something about medical bills weren't going to impact your credit score anymore. Is that is that the case? Yeah. So basically, so there are two laws that passed. Actually, one law that passed um, where the all paid medical collections would automatically come off people's credit report. That was not the case because before, even if oh. you paid a collection off, it would still stay on your credit report as a paid collection. And it would right. still impact the score. But now, you know, with this new law in place that this happened about a year and a half ago, that any paid medical collections won't. Now, from a lender's perspective, uh, now, if you have an unpaid collection, it will still factor into your credit score and still affect you. However, mm -hmm. From a lender's perspective, uh, like with FHA, I believe they say that you could have something up to like, I'm not sure the exact number, but I'm going to guess it's like five or $6,000 worth of medical, unpaid medical collections on your credit report and still oh, get approved wow. as long as your score is high enough. I see. Okay. Right. So yeah, that's that's got to be, uh, It's I'm sure it's challenging to... <laughs> to have a decent score when, when those items are, are reporting, but you got to be paying everything else on time, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, right, somebody could have multiple collections and still get approved for an FHA loan. I've seen that often. Uh, mm -hmm. And what have you, and sometimes people come to us and they say, hey, you know, we want to touch things up and we necessarily don't have to fix each and everything on the credit report to get them over the line. So not uncommon for people to have, you know, a you know, decent amount of collections and still get approved for a home loan. Okay, and then what uh, what credit scores do lenders look at when applying for a home loan? Is there like a yes. do they look at one bureau or do they look at you know, the high? The yeah, low? so 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 yeah, good question. So basically, what happens is that you know with um, with the with mortgage companies, they're going. You have three credit bureaus: Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. Okay, right. now mm -hmm. of those three credit bureaus, uh, they're going to pick your median credit score. Um, mm -hmm. so not your top score, not your bottom score, but the score that's left in the middle, mm -hmm. uh, that is what your qualifying credit score is, um, you know, is going to be, um, so, and then they pretty much will, um, 
look at a certain type of a credit score, which is the mortgage version of the credit score, um, you know, uh, as well. And uh, those scores kind of like vary from place to place. So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. If you're to go apply, uh, Vicky, for a credit card of Bank of America, you know, you go apply there and they're going to pull a credit card version of the FICO score. Okay. Now, the very same day, if you go apply for an auto loan, they're going to go pull a auto loan version of the FICO score. And mm -hmm. uh, generally, when they're pulling cre uh, uh, your credit card score, or auto loan score, they'll pull one of the three bureaus randomly. Now, when right. you go apply for a mortgage at Bank of America, the very same day, they're going to pull all three credit reports and they're going to go pull a version just made for mortgages. Now, when mm -hmm. somebody asks me, what is my credit score? I basically turn around and say, for what? For auto loans, for mortgages, for uh, credit cards, they're all different. And, right. you know, the scores that you see on Credit Karma or the scores you see online are not the scores that the lenders are looking at. They're looking at a very specific version based on the type of loan that you're going to be uh, that you're going to be applying for. Do you know what credit because I check my Credit Karma score almost weekly. And I yeah. always wondered, because I, I do know when I did apply for a home loan, it was way different. The, the score was way off, right? I feel yeah. like Credit Karma is much higher than what the mortgage credit score is. Um, so you think you have all the you know excellent credit, but then you're, you're mm -hmm. at a B rating when you, when you apply for a mortgage. So do you know, is yeah. that like a credit card? Do you know if it's a, like a credit card rating or if it's yeah. like a... Is that basically Thank what you for it that. is? Good question, right? I mean, Credit Karma is like a free website. It's used by you know, millions and millions of Americans, I'd basically go on to assume that that's the score that the U.S. consumes the most. And mm -hmm. it's a score which is totally inconsequential that no lender really looks at. Now, Credit Karma, there are two companies that offer credit scores. One is FICO, one is Vantage. Unfortunately, 90 to 95% of lenders do not look at Vantage scores. So they're mm -hmm. totally useless. And their score computation is very different than FICO. So sometimes, generally, I've seen Credit Karma be on the higher side, that Vantage score that Credit Karma shows. And um, sometimes I've even seen it to be on the lower side. So, you know, a rule of thumb is that, you know, you're going to have an overestimation of what FICO would be on Credit Karma, what FICO would be compared to, uh, compared to the Credit Karma score. But, mm -hmm. you know, there is really, you know, I mean, I really don't take much from seeing Credit Karma. Now, I have Credit Karma. I have it because it's free. It gives me Equifax and TransUnion, but I'm not looking at the score daily and take making any deductions from it and assumptions. However, if my Credit Karma score goes down by 100 points, it's an indicator that something's gone wrong, right? Right. So, so then I'm, so I look at it as a guide, but I never look at it to figure out like where I'm at in mortgage because I've seen people with a 700 score on Credit Karma be, you know, in the 500s, right? The difference oh my between gosh. A and C, right? <laughs> wow. So that's insane. And sometimes, yeah, and sometimes I've seen the inverse as well too. You know, in some extreme huh. cases where Credit Karma is very low, low and FICO is very high. Okay. All right. So, uh, what are some common misconceptions in regards to? Uh, just credit in general. I mean, I, I know that there's just, uh, I, some people say, hey, you got to pay off your credit card, your credit cards and close the cards and your credit score will go up or just pay it down less than 30%. I mean, I just don't, sometimes I just don't know whose advice to, to listen to or what's the, the proper advice. 
right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, so generally, according to FICO, three percent down is sorry, two to three percent is the is the right utilization to have on a credit card. Two That's to three percent. Oh, yeah. so it's not twenty or thirty. No, I don't know where third twenty or thirty came from, and I've like spoken to like the uh, head honchos at FICO and what have you, and this came from their mouth. And they basically don't really release much information because of the proprietary algorithm. They don't want you to know how this credit scoring system works. They want you to figure it out. That's one thing that they've basically said, they have published data on this, that from FICO themselves, that, you know, this is what's happening now. Um, right. so, so, so having said that too, uh, you know, about misconceptions about credit, generally FICO does put in some articles and those are the articles that one should read. I have a blog as well too that, you know, that I, uh, that I basically will write about credit and credit scores as such. But unfortunately online, the problem is that, and even on YouTube, you have influencers talking about credit that have never really repaired anybody's credit, you mm -hmm. know? So they basically get information online and come up with their, with their own spiel as to what happens. But, you know, I've found like most of the people that really are knowledgeable about credit are not producing content. You know, mm. that's that's really what it is. So I follow nobody on YouTube. I actually follow one attorney who I know personally, but that's based on, you know, uh, he's an attorney. He files lawsuits against the credit bureaus and so forth. But as far as credit goes, um, you know, unfortunately, it's very, very difficult to figure out what's right and what's wrong. If you had chat GBT something, half the time it's going to give you an incorrect answer because it's drawing from the web. Interesting. Uh, so your license LDA in Calif uh, California Superior Court, what does that mean? Uh, so basically, you know, I could, uh, you know, that allows me to file lawsuits in small claims, which attorneys are even not allowed to do. So it's a special designation uh, and what have you. And one of the reasons why we use a small claim court system is that it's a quicker means of resolving something where you have a very specific date something has to be done by whereas if we go to civil court which sometimes we do as well too for larger cases um, mm -hmm. you know those cases could take you know six months or even a year uh, and what have you based on you know multiple hearings whereas in small claims it's you know something very quick right and that that's the reason why you were able to get some items off of my credit actually two years ago yeah 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 we uh, you know, we did a combination of small claims and arbitration cases as well, too. Yeah, because there were some errors, right? But it's like trying to get that resolved is like pulling teeth. I mean, had to go to had to go to you to get it resolved, and you got it resolved very quickly. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad that things worked out. You know, and not everybody, yeah. you know, and let me just say this too: like, not, you know, I can't fix each and everybody's credit. Generally, I look at a credit report and, and look at certain coding violations on a credit report and see, mm. hey, what could we leverage and how we could leverage it? And often people don't, you know, and often like, you know, it's very difficult, like for the listeners to figure out if they'd be a good candidate or not. And often it comes down to sometimes luck as well, right. um, you know, so, so yeah. So talk, walk me through if I was a client, which I was a client, but I want the audience to hear this. Sure. Uh, I was a client, I contact you and I say, hey, I have some unpaid collections um, or some collections that were paid that are on my credit report, have some lates. What would the next step for you to, what, what would you do next? You would run the credit, you would analyze it and then, or, or what? Yeah. Actually? Yeah, so, you know, let's just say this too, right? Like when uh, you reached out to me and, 
you know, we did what we did. The first thing I asked you, Vicky, is like, hey, what are you trying to do right now, right? Credits mm-hmm. basically, credits in is not the end goal, it's a tool. And tell me what your end goal is. And you're like, hey, I want to get a mortgage and I want to assert, you know, and then, you know, based on that, I asked, hey, could you find out what score do you need to get approved for this mortgage? So let's look at the credit report from that particular lens, because I'm not a big fan of fixing credit for the sake of fixing it. For me, credit, I think, is something that people either spend, you know, a lot of people, some of us may give it more um you know, more power than it really needs. At the end of the day, it is a tool. And I am here to make sure that people get approved for what they're looking for. And for that, I always ask people that, hey, are you trying to get approved for a house? Are you trying to get approved for a car? Uh, And let's look at the, and let's set those goals based on that. Now, if I look at somebody's credit report and like, hey, your score is 580 and you're trying to get say a million dollar home or million two home. And for that, we need a 700 credit score. Even though if I can get that client's credit score of 550, that doesn't change their situation, right? Right. So I need to be able to advise them on such things, right? Or somebody says, hey, I want to fix my credit because I'm going to get a house uh, and I'm going to get an FHA loan where the score criteria for that is on the lower side. And if I run the credit and you see the scores good enough and say, hey, you don't need to fix your credit, just go get the loan and we can fix your credit you know, for other things if needed, but then that's not a priority for them, right? So, right. so always the first step, is to find out what their motivation is. What are they trying to get done? And sometimes people come to us and say, hey, my mortgage company said my score is 580. I need to be a 640, rain or shine. Perfect. I at least know, I at least have my marshalling orders and mm-hmm. have the parameters that I need to hit. And I look at everything based on uh, based on that. And unfortunately, most credit repair companies don't really do that, right? They say, hey, to sign up with us, we'll see what we could do. Let's just go throw stuff at the wall and see whatever that sticks. So it's very, you know, in unfortunately in the credit repair space, you mm-hmm. know, we've not had like very strategic problem solvers. And a lot of people are looking for very strategic outcomes. Right. Oh, yeah. So we we have conversations with buyers every single day and they sign up for these other services and and I've had clients that have been paying these services for two, three years and they still haven't got the results. So um, I always refer them to you and you've done a great job with our clients as well. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. And and let me just talk about this too, right? Like, I mean, the credit repair industry is full of snake oil salespeople, unfortunately. The largest company, Lexington Law Firm, got sued by the FTC for for making, uh, you know, uh, for misrepresenting, misrepresent, misrepresenting in their ads, um, wow. breaking the TSR, which is telephone telephone sales um, marketing act, uh, and what have you, and they had to file bankruptcy. And keep in mind, this is a company that was making, I believe, half a billion a year. So they are the leader in this industry. So imagine in the banking industry of you know. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase Bank, U.S. Bank, all together one company, and they got sued and shut down. That's what Lexington Law Firm was for the credit repair industry. Wow. So and, all of my clients that, sorry, all my clients that signed yeah. up for Lexington Law basically no longer are receiving their services, right? Or they're, like, they're, they're in they're bankruptcy down? right now. They're, they've okay. got very big pockets. They're run by a private equity company in, in Wall Street. So they're still around. Okay. And they've been, and I think the FTC's I, I judge that they've been trying to get them shut down, but they're only mm. taking a certain number of clients and they could not talk to people on the phone now. That's the ruling of this. 
So it's a different type of bankruptcy that they've got, they've gotten. And, uh, and yeah, so, um, so, so my thoughts also is just around this, right? Like if somebody's been spend a lot of money with Lexington, they could report them to the better business bureau or actually better yet, the consumer financial protection bureau at consumerfinance.gov, which is the, uh, which is the, um, financial regulatory agency that came uh, that came online in 2011 after the mortgage mess. So you go on this website, you could lodge your complaints against any credit repair company. And especially if they're a big credit repair company, the CFPB will probably be able to contact them and try to negotiate the matter and get you a refund. So whenever somebody tells me that, hey, uh, I've been defrauded by a company, and if that company has got a pretty big presence, you know, these complaints work. Unfortunately, there are a lot of very small actors as well too. these mom pop shops that, mm-hmm. you know, are hard to track down and so forth. And those are, those end up being problematic when somebody says, Hey, I know a guy who fixed my credit and what have you. And, you know, it's just some, some person that, you know, is going to be hard to track down from, you know, from the consumer uh, regulatory space as such, because in California, for instance, right, like we're supposed to be licensed, bonded, registered with the attorney general's office. And there are thousands of credit repair companies, I would judge in California or credit repair actors, only right. 95 of them are registered uh, and following the law. Right. Wow. So odds are that if, you know, in this state, if you've come across a credit repair company, nine times out of 10, that company will be, uh, will be conducting illegal business. Interesting. So you should be asking, if they're licensed and bonded, basically, when working mm-hmm. with a credit repair company. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you provided us with a lot of information. And obviously, we can go on and on and on. We're going to do a two-part series. So in, se- in uh, session two, we're going to talk about how one can improve their credit so that they can qualify for a home loan uh, and get the best possible rate, right? So uh, thank you so much, Ali. Now, how can one get a hold of you if they uh, they need your assistance? Yeah, so... Um, my website, imaxcredit.com, uh, would be the place that, uh, people could, uh, get a hold of myself and, uh, my team as well. So yeah, that would be, uh, that would be it. So it's imaxcredit.com. Awesome. And we're also going to have it on the leak. So if you're watching on YouTube, his information will be on the uh, link below. Um, if you're listening in, it's imaxcredit.com. And uh, thank you so much for your time. And I'm excited to do part two. So you guys stay tuned. Thanks for watching if you're on YouTube. And thanks for listening, guys. Till next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Selling Sandoval podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for more valuable insights and practical tips. Remember, whether you're a buyer, seller, or an aspiring real estate agent, the Selling Sandoval podcast is your trusted companion in navigating the dynamic California real estate landscape. Until next time, keep dreaming big and making those real estate dreams a reality. This is Victoria Sandoval signing off from the Selling Sandoval podcast, wishing you success and happiness in all of your real estate endeavors.